Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now. From the dirt tracks across Australia, welcome to Inside Speedway with Dennis Newman and Craig Revell. And as Dennis Newman joins me, Craig Revell, once again, we've got a great show for you tonight. We speak with Reed Mackay, who is a fourth generation speed car driver and uh, one of the most successful speed car names in all of uh, Australian motor racing. So it's great. We'll be speaking to Reed a bit later in the show, Dennis. I'm really looking forward to that, and and certainly the name Mackay is synonymous with the Australian speedcar racing history. Uh, of course, his grandfather, um, Ron Mackay, two times Australian champion, winner of the Australian Speedcar Grand Prix, the World Speedcar Championship, and of course uh, Ron's uh, father was Don Mackay, uh, uh, who did some racing back in the late '30s at the old former Sydney Sports Ground, uh, and um, of course. Uh, remembered in later years as one of the very dominant car owners in Australian speed car racing, starting off, of course, firstly with Holden's and then the year of the Offenhauser. Mm. And um, so the Mackay family, uh, very much steeped in great history and tradition. Yep, and, and then, uh, yes, very in, much so. In my time, Graham, and then a bit later on, Robert. So Graham, his uncle, and Robert, his father, also were racing uh, at various times in that uh, distinctive Mackay 76 car. Yeah, and of course, you just mentioned a name there, Graham, who, as as probably many of your listeners would be only too well aware, had a very successful career in Australian Rugby League and um, um, represented Australia in test matches. Yeah, well, he was a rugby uh, union schoolboy representative for Australia. And yes, moved over to league. And, so. and that's exactly right. Had a had a wonderful career, and um, uh, so diversified as well. But um, but oh yeah, Reed Mackay is a, is a very very decent person, and uh, got a lot of time for Reed. And of course, there will be in an upcoming issue too of Oval Express magazine. Uh, pretty in-depth article that I've written on Reed, and I think it may be in the upcoming very next issue, which should be out next month. So, um, Reed, uh, a good fella. Well, whilst we're talking about uh, news, as we do at this segment of the show, there is a couple of interesting items of news, Dennis. One that we've talked about already um, off-air, Uh, And that is that all the speed car owners across Australia are getting their chance to vote. And the voting has moved from the traditional you go to a club meeting and you make the vote on what the changes might be to the rule book and to the specifications of the cars. This year, Speed Cars Australia, which is the former Speed Car Control Council of Australia, um, or I think it is uh, the genesis of that, they now... Um, are doing it online. They were planning to do it online, but um, they've gone online with it, as particularly in this uh, period of time with the COVID-19 lockdown. And um, there's 10 items. We'll talk about it more on other shows, but there's 10 items that uh, the owners can vote on. And um, some of them are technical, some of them are, are rule book um, procedural things. But uh, I, I have spoken to Speed Cars Australia this week and they've said the uptake 
of um, of people registering and uh, putting in their votes has been fantastic. Now, one thing, Dennis, that I've been fascinated about is each car owner gets a sorry, each car gets a vote that's registered with Speed Cars Australia. So if you're a car owner that has say five or ten cars, you're going to get ten votes. That's I don't know that that's how it used to work under the club system. So it could potentially set up a gerrymander yeah. if there is a big car owner out there. Yeah, there, there, there's a little bit of an imbalance here. Uh, there, were, there was something from, from the best of my knowledge going back quite a number of years. I, I think there was a similar situation with that, uh, um, a car owner that might have had one, two, three cars um, was entitled to, to the equivalent number of votes. I, I, I don't think this is the first time this kind of situation or imbalance or whatever we call it uh, has occurred. Um, what I'm intrigued with is, um, uh, I think, which is probably a, a prime news story right at the moment, um, which I know the Speed Cars Australia are playing their cards pretty close to the chest, uh, what the 10 changes they're talking about. <laughs> well, we're going to go into more uh, detail next real... week because we've already got a packed show. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll go through them and we'll talk a bit about them in upcoming weeks because I do want to move you over to another interesting thing that only came out um, that only came out. Uh, today, it was only a few hours ago, in fact, and that's the Speedway Australia Stakeholders Survey. Um, I don't know if you're across this, but the aim of the survey is threefold, um, and I'm reading from the press release here, to assess the wants and needs of Speedway stakeholders, to identify the areas of improvement and expansion for all Speedway organisations, and to chart the progress against established sporting benchmarks. So they're going through... Um, they're going through um, their licensees, which is, of course, World Series Speed, Speedway, um, Speedway Sedans Australia, Speed Cars Australia, and they've got this survey out now. So um, I've, I'm even thinking that you might even be able to, as a member of the uh, public that goes and watches races, you might even be able to vote there. But I, I will have to check that out for you. Um, but the, the stakeholder mm. survey is asking about, you know, what do you think of Speedway Australia? Does it represent the needs? Is it delivering successful outcomes? Are you aware um, of the direction Speedway Australia is taking Speedway? Um, you know, how do you think they're successfully bringing Speedway together? Um it's, it's quite a wide-ranging survey, Dennis, and I'm sure you're going to jump onto it and uh, have your, say, 31 questions yeah. in all. Yeah, I, I find this very interesting, actually. And and uh, look, look, I don't single out Speedway Australia here. This is this is to all organisations, not only in Speedway, but but any kind of mainstream sport or any sport for that matter. These things are very, very good, but they can potentially open up a can of worms. And and I I've heard you know a lot of people good things, bad things. Uh, this this you know this could could provide a few revelations here. I feel. Uh, Nothing wrong with it. I think it's probably good to keep on track of where the sport's heading. I, I think it's probably a good initiative, actually a very good initiative. 
mm. initiative. Yeah. But I'd be very, very interested as to to learn of, of what the feedback is. Yeah, well, that's going to be the that's going to be the interesting thing there. Now, uh, as I mentioned, I asked you, I, you heard me reading out some of the questions for Speedway Australia, but they go in and they ask, you know, section two, for example, is your divisional body. Then it goes down. Section three is asking questions. Um, in and around relating to any parts of the Speedway community. So, you know, looking at the overall, your overall thoughts of what Speedway is like and then um, questions relating to your involvement in the sport, divisional body and uh, questions that might not have been picked up earlier. So, um, yeah, good. look, I think it's a good thing and that sort of data is going to be critical because sometimes you wonder how some decisions get made. Well, here they're going to have oh, something yeah. that they can say, well, we asked the, we asked the, the um, community and this is what they were telling us they wanted. This was the direction they wanted us to go. So hopefully yeah. you get better yeah. decisions from this sort of data. Mm. Uh, look, look. It's, as I said, I think it's a very, very positive initiative. And 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 again, I, I don't single out Speedway Australia, but but any organisation for that matter in Speedway. The first question I'd be asking is, how do we get more people to go to the track? <laughs> how do we increase the attendances? You know, um, I know it's a bit of a roller coaster that subject. The you know, but that's what I'd be asking. How do we get more people to go to Speedway? Mm. Well, it's interesting. There's no direct questions that I can see in this survey that are talking about um, promoters. And as we, we spoke to Tim Saville and he said, our job isn't to promote the tracks per se or the, do the promoter's job for them. Um, but there is questions which are marked as supplier only. So for argument's sake, Glenn Reville at P1 Australia um, has got some questions that they're interested in finding out from them um, what their thoughts mm. are on um, mm. working in the speedway mm. industry. So um, I reckon you could actually fill out those ones because you're supplying information on speedway. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very interesting actually. I'm I'm um, I'm I'm really uh, looking forward to how this evolves, what comes out of it, what we find, uh, good or bad or whatever. It doesn't matter. And and I and I. I do commend Speedway Australia for doing this because it doesn't matter whether it's football, cricket, tennis, horse racing, or whatever the sport. You you got to keep on top of where things are and where they're heading, where they're going. What's this? What's that? What do we got to do to fix this if there is a problem? And I guess the one thing with the survey, it'll bring to the surface anything like that. You know. Mm. Um, so, so yes, um, we'll monitor this closely, and uh, just look to where it all finishes up. That's what that's what I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see where it pans out. But enough on that. We've got Reed Mackay waiting for us on the other side of the break here on Inside Speedway. Well, we're joined now by a, a young man who is comes from. Well, you'd have to call it Speedway Royalty in Reed Mackay. Reed, thanks for joining us here on Inside Speedway. No worries. Good to be. It's been a, a pretty tough, well, probably a couple of years now, but you're back in the car. How's it feel to be racing? Well, how did it feel to be racing again before uh, the season stopped? Oh, it was really good to be back in the car. It had been, it'd been a real long time. Um, 
finally was just starting to get back in the hang of things and this whole coronavirus come around. So um, it's a bit, I was pretty devastated, to be honest with you. But can't wait for it to start again so we can have a crack again, really. Are you doing much to the car in the off-season of an evening and getting uh, it uh, prepped up and tweaked? Just doing a, a engine rebuild, just to freshen up for this season. That's, that's about it, really. But we didn't really get to run it much, so um, we only did, I think, five shows, so not repainting it or nothing because it still looks brand new, pretty much. Read uh, the name Mackay, anyone who knows anything about the history of Australian speed car racing, as Craig rightly said, it's it's royalty and, and it's uh, synonymous with uh, some some great results over many, many years, over many decades. Now, your grandfather, of course, is Ron Mackay. Um, yeah. It must be a great added bonus for you to have someone like that in your corner. And my question to you is, Reid, how do you closely work together with him for advice and things like that, particularly on a race night? Oh, well, we sort of – we've been popular one pretty good and we talk all the time. So um, we just sort of – mainly we just get to the track. We have a look around and just, you know, as we go through the night, we just all – everyone puts their input in. Me as a driver, I say what I think's going on. They from the outside pop. Uncle Pete, um, Greg Campbell helps us out. Everyone else that helps us out just sort of has their input from the outside, and um, we sort of just go from there, you know, and um, sort of try and make the right decision. Hope we make the right decisions for the night as the track goes away. Really, you uh, do you learn him? Uh, do you talk much during the week prior to a race meeting? Like, would you you talk to him on the phone about an upcoming meeting? Uh, and, and what, oh, yeah, yeah. what your expectations? You do that a lot? Yeah. Yeah, we were, we always talk on the phone. We talk on the phone, especially coming into speedway, speedway season here, we talk on the phone three, three times a week, four times a week. Uh, we always we get along real good, like I said. So, yeah, it's sort of – we enjoy each other's company, so we're always talking to each other. Now, the number 76, which is the number you carry on the tail of your car, um, this over the years, as I said, any anything to do with uh, the Mackay family – you, you know, it would. It's a great honour for you, Reed, to be to be carrying that number still in this modern era, which which had its infancy going going back to the early early sixties. Yeah, well, I, I, to be honest with you, like I, when I first started, I had number sixty nine. Like you know, it didn't really bother me too much. But um, ever since I've gone to seventy six, I sort of definitely felt like home. Even though I wasn't around back in the days when everyone in the family used to run it, it still it means a lot to me, definitely. When you're racing, do you get a lot of the older fans coming up and just constantly telling you about Ronald, about Ian, you know, even about your dad, though their memories of that? Oh, I get everyone come up and tell me about Pop. Yeah, everyone. I'll never forget it when oh, I was probably 13, 14 and we're at the Speedway and, like, yeah, someone walked up to Pop and asked him for his autograph and it spun, it spun me out and it's still to this day. Everyone comes up to him and, you know, I don't think you understand how good he was until, unless you were really there um, and got to watch how good he was, you know what I mean? I guess you can only imagine what racing on asphalt's like, which is where he really uh, built his uh, reputation. Yeah, it would have been crazy. Well, even now, look, you talk to him. I talk to him about driving and he sort of, um, like, he tell you where to run on the track and that, but oh, he was just natural. Like, he just didn't, he didn't have to think in the car. I think he'd just done it a, he, um, yeah, very natural gift, naturally gifted driver, I think. 
You know what, Reid? I'm probably showing my age here, but I, I remember Ron Mackay when he was a pit crew member of his father's team when he had drivers you uh, where Don Mackay um, – Ron's father had uh, people yeah. like Jeff Freeman, Andy McGavin, Johnny Harvey driving for him, and and I can remember seeing a very young Ron Mackay as one of the pit crew members, <laughs> and I remember <laughs> when he started racing uh, at, at Liverpool in 1968. <laughs> so I'm sure yeah. I'm the age, right? <laughs> <laughs> Of course, from my family, my father always jokes, yeah, well, Ronald did get the most wins at Liverpool, but you've got to remember, Liverpool was a B-grade track back when uh, I was racing, and I didn't race that much at <laughs> Liverpool before it became Asheville. <laughs> yeah, he's always, everywhere he's going, especially a lot of tracks down here, he's, he's got a lot of wins. Like, he just, I think he's just gifted. Even if you're even driving the road car with him, just when he goes around the corner, he's so smooth. Like he's just a, yeah, he's naturally gifted driver. I guess Reed being um, uh, the name Mackay, uh, every, every Mackay, whether it, whether it's Ian who raced, of course Ron who who raced, uh, uh, they all have a philosophy on racing. What is your philosophy? Well, I sort of just goes on. <clears throat> to be honest with you, I work like during the week. I work big hours. Um, I come home and obviously got a little family now. Um, so on the Saturday, it's sort of my escape. Like I don't, you know, I don't really go on many holidays. I just go to the racetrack. And when I get there on Saturday, I don't think about anything other than racing. And that whole night, yeah, just it's all you think about is racing. It just clears me more and gives me a fresh start for the week. And I have a great time doing it too. So I go there, have fun. And we, everyone there, we get there after the race. We'll have a laugh and a good time and um, try and go good while we're doing it really. Um, Reid, I don't want to go back uh, too much into the past history and and um, we know it's all well documented what happened uh, back in April, I think it was April 2018. 28, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, 2018. Um, but um, when you came back, how, how were you feeling on that first night? And I think it was at Archerfield in Brisbane, wasn't it, when you made your comeback? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well... I was a little bit nervous, um, just not really nervous. Like not, I wasn't definitely wasn't scared. I was excited to be back, but just nervous, and just took me a little bit to get back on the on the sort of onto the speed of things. And every time I come to a new little hurdle, like we'd come to a rough track, I'd be a little bit slow, and then I'd come good. We'd come to a slick track, I'd take me a minute to get used to it, and I'd be good. But um, it was just that that last event, the Paramount was really starting to come on, and felt you know back at home with myself. And um, and then yeah, obviously this whole coronavirus thing has happened, and we got cut short. Yeah, that that's come at the worst time for you because you were just getting oh, back into the, the dialed in. Back into it. Yeah, you feel now. Well, I've got to start all over, literally again. You know. Yeah. Well, I'll, you know what? It's, it's all. <clears throat> it's all like I'm, I run pretty much all on confidence. So, like, I'm a pretty naturally confident person, but. It sort of for me, Compton's copped a bit of a knock and coming back, I had to build it back up. And I was just starting to get back, um, get, being real confident in the car. And so I thought that's built up now and I don't think that's going to go anywhere. So it's just mainly getting a feeling for the car too. So the feeling's back there. I remember that now. So I think we should should be all right. Ree, and you're pretty fit. Sorry, Craig. No, that's all right. You go. I'm just going to say, Reid, you're 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 a fit man. You're you're a concreter, and what role does fitness play in speed car racing in this day and age? Um, a fair bit, eh? Like, I 
I haven't sort of noticed, like even just coming back, like we run at Parramatta, I think it was 30 laps. And it's just been, like fitness is a big part, but just relaxing in the car too. Like I was a bit more uptight than I used to be, obviously. And um, yeah, I felt it after just running like 25, 30 laps at Parramatta. I was, I was stuffed. So, um, and I, I, I never, I normally don't really go to the gym when I fly, I just go to work. So, um, yeah, I think it's just sort of being able to settle into the car and just being up one with the car, really. And I think your fitness is just sort of, as long as you're in half decent shape, you'll, you'll be all right. Now, Reid, your family is uh, quite quite interesting because not only have you got, you know, years of great midget races, but you've also got yeah. a lot of really good footballers. Where was football yeah. in your life? Oh, I used to play sort of – I played when I was younger. I didn't go too bad. I was all right. I was nothing like Uncle Gray, but um, just local comp used to go good. But just sort of come to the point, I hit 17. I sort of wanted to go out and on the weekends and also wanted to start racing. So I just sort of thought I'm, I'm not going to make first grade, so I might as well go out get a job and just work and enjoy other stuff, eh? You... Cause it, sort of, it, it takes a lot of dedication, really, to get to the top level that you want to play NRL one. Yeah. You know, but you know, fall into place. You know, the right body. You need to be in the right place, the right time. You know, right time as well. Just having to sort of be right for you. So, you remember that for what was your first race? Were you karting, or did you go straight into the midgets? No, I had a couple of races. Out of the, um, not race, but like days out in the go kart at the butterfly farm, then just sort of jump straight into midget. Um, well, my first go was at Parramatta. Um, on a test, like on a test day. Not a test day, but like practice night. Um, that was my first ever go. <clears throat> and what was it like? What What were you doing? You're back. You're, I guess I, I can appreciate it because I've done it myself. I've strapped myself in for that first time and just went, oh, well, this is either going to be fantastic oh, wow. or it's going to be uh, the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Well, all I did was I, I went around all straw. I thought I was absolutely flying, to be honest with you. I come out and sit down. I go, like, put it out. They go, oh, you probably aren't going about as fast as that guy. One guy's rolling around the back. Oh, God, I thought I was going faster than that. It's just everything was happening so fast. And the, my, my, the number one memory I've got of it is the dirt. So, like, you, I never forget when I first started racing, you can actually watch, like, you see the dirt coming off the people's tyres in front of you and coming at you. Whereas once you've been doing it, you don't notice it. So, like, when I first started, you really see it come at you, like, whoa. It was pretty, pretty crazy experience. Can I ask Reed, you, you? Can I ask you, Reed, about your um, your returning? Because I know that uh, you know, particularly Ronald was just absolutely livid that you couldn't get your license. They were putting so many hurdles in front of you to be able to get you reinstated as a, a speed car driver. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit of a joke. It went on for a, a long time. They, the worst part was they you'd bring I'd bring them up and sort of yeah. You know, all I wanted to hear was if someone say, "Well, you can't get your license for this amount of time." You know, what I mean, you had a head injury or the injuries you had, you can come back in a year's time or year and a half. Which I would have just said, "All right," but they'd say, "Oh yeah, we're processing it." And then they just every time I'd send it in, they'd say, "Oh, we need this, we need that, we need that." And at this point, I'd been at work, not working. 10, 12 hours days, most days, just busting myself. And I was, you know, physically fine, physically fit. After the year, I was, I was, I was good to go. Mm. And it just dragged on. How did you eventually you, get you there? Beat me. 
Like, because I know there was oh. medicals. You had all the medical yeah, tests. I went off for A. I went off for A. So you had to get e, I had to get EEGs, which test you for seizures. So flash all lights in front of you. I tried to get you to have a seizure on while you're sitting in front of a doctor, pretty much. Um, I had all oh, scans. Um, I had to get things to say because let me back so I could break my back. T five things to say my collarbones all right to go. Um, there was a thousand things. I had problems with my eye because I had big nerve damage in my left side. So my eye was all right and I could drive with it, which is realistically, it doesn't matter anyway because it's as good as it's going to get. It's not going to get much clearer than it is. And um, also just with me stent and I got my neck, so they wanted to just clearance on everything, which also, I guess, bought them more time because they probably didn't want me back in the car so early, you know what I mean? Once again, that was a Read real that. situation where your um, your grandfather was right there by your side and he was probably uh, batting the hardest for you to get you back in the car. Yeah, well, it's sort of something that we just do. Like, it's not – like, for me, it's not just something that I, I do myself. Like, I sort of – I'd only do it – like, well, no, I only do it, but, like, you know, it's something that's just the whole like, our whole family comes together. And it's such an outing. Like, it's such a good day when we go to the speedway. We all have so much fun. Um, like, I, I love racing and, like, on and off the track. We have such a good time. So, like, when that's missing from your life, it really, yeah, left a big hole, that's for sure. Reid, um, when you, um, in 2018, uh, that that particular season, uh, shortly before the accident, you achieved, um, which I thought was great for the Mackay family, you won the Australian Speedcar Grand Prix at Gunnedah. And, of course, um, it is parallel with... Um, Ron, who won it in 1971 at the Sydney Showground, so so that was obviously a great moment um, in your in your career. And I know talking with Ron the next day, he was he was on cloud nine. I mean, uh, what what was just paint the picture of what it was really like as you cross the chequered flag and the euphoria in victory oh, lane. It's the best. It's one of the best things that really ever happened in your life because something they've been trying to do, like get a win for four years, and it come on such a big event. Um, we never really necessarily had like had the best equipment. We just slowly been building up. We only had a little Gertie in at the time. Didn't have much power, but the track was slick and we were just on all night. And I knew we were going to be a good chance. The quickest car all night. And it just sort of, yeah, I don't know. We, as as it got close to the checker flag, I just was hoping he was going to wave that thing because I was getting so nervous. Even dropping behind the car, like in the seat. But um, no, it was, it was the, one of the coolest experiences in my life. That's for sure. It's something that you just, you know, you, you really want to thrive to do it again. Tell me, Reid, do you see your career taking you to America someday? Or although now with a young family, I guess that makes it pretty difficult. But what, what are your long term fan uh, plans? Staying in speed car racing, or do you look maybe later on at yeah, speed I'd, cars? What do you thinking years ahead? I love, I love the speed cars. I just have to just to keep doing the speed cars, doing my career. I'm, if I got good enough, I'm glad you said if, that. Like, yeah, if we're, if we're quick enough, like, because I always felt like we've, we've had speed, but we had to wait till the track goes slick because we never quite had good equipment. Now we've got the Hawk, we've got sort of, you know, all the good gear around the car that we've built up over the last, you know, four or five years, like, probably five, however yeah, long I've been doing it, five, six years, something like that. So, you know, it's a real chance to have a crack. So we just sort of get out there, put our best foot forward, have a crack, see how we go. You know, if it takes us to maybe New Zealand or something like that, it takes you there. If it doesn't, then no big deal. I still get the company, you know, we still go out and enjoy our. Our, our weekends out the speedway. In this COVID nineteen climate we're in, how do you spend your weekends? <laughs> oh, just drinking beers at home, to be honest with you. Um, 
look, I uh, just hanging out with missus. And I've got a little girl, she's one years old, so um, yeah, just been doing that, shit around, I have a bit of a drink on the weekend. I've also then started, uh, started just bought a computer, so I've just started doing a bit of eye racing, which I'm absolutely horrible at. Um, but I just can't seem to get enough time to practice between the time I get home from work, um, having some dinner, having a shower. I'm lucky to get an hour in a night and it's just not enough. You need to be a single man and have a good go at it. Yes, it's certainly been something that uh, a lot of guys have had to uh, all of a sudden learn how to redrive for uh, iRacing. Oh, it is it is a redrive. I couldn't when I first drove it. I, did, I to be honest with you, I, I, I could not last a lap without spinning out. And then I slowly got better, 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 and now I can sort of have a like do a half decent lap. I can do you know twenty half decent laps, but then I just have one random thing where the car just goes wherever it wants. <laughs> Definitely a challenge. What are you uh, looking at with your car and combination now? Where where do you think midget racing is, or speed car racing is in Australia at the moment, and what is going to make it, you know, or continue it to be uh, one of the pinnacles of speedway? Well, I think every, to be honest, everyone like when I first started, there's some guys that had real good. There was guys that had real good equipment, and they sort of just streaked away with it. Whereas now, you you look down the field, and everyone's got fair equipment. Like everyone's got good stuff and can win on their night. So, um, some blokes are better on the heavy tracks, some blokes are better on the slip tracks, and then you got the guys who are always sort of at the front. But yeah, it's sort of um, everyone's everyone's got enough, good enough gear to get near the pointy end or thereabouts. So it's it's pretty competitive. I think, Reed, you made the comment um, uh, to me when we were talking on the phone when I was doing the article for Oval Express, and you said you noticed a marked difference in the time frame that you were recovering from your injuries when you did get back in the seat again. Everybody seemed to be going twice as fast. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's definitely getting faster. Because like, especially like, one thing I've noticed is there's a lot of young blokes that are still getting around. Like you got Caden. He's absolutely hammering anywhere he goes. Rusty Whitaker up in Queensland, he's going pretty good. Um, look, Michael Stewart, he's young as well. So there's a lot of young blokes that are, you know, that are at the front of the field every week. So it's pretty good. I guess uh, one thing too, Reid, um, with with all of this this downtime at the moment, um, it's given you an opportunity to go over the car, prepare, of course, plenty of time to prepare. Uh, what, what significant changes have you done with the car and, and where is it at? Do you still only run one car or, or, or what yeah, sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah. We've, only, you, we've only got one car. We've just, over the years, just built up all our spares. That's our main thing is, is that we've just – Aim to sort of get to the point where if we break something on the car, we that what we put on the car is the same as what we broke, really. That was the difference with us at the start. We sort of didn't have the motor, and now we've got the motor um, and just the shocks. So obviously we talked to, like, in pretty tight with um, Craig's brother, Glenn. Um, so he does all that shock work and that, and he pretty much keeps me up to date with everything that's going on, and I just work in with him, and he told, you know, keeps us very informed with, what to do with our shocks, what we should be doing, where we should be, and that helps me out a lot, that's for sure. Well, Reid, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you here today on Inside Speedway, and uh, we look forward to, uh, well, we might even see you post a couple of wins in the uh, Australian Speed Car iRacing uh, Championships, which there is some talk <laughs> they're going to uh, be putting on a bit later, uh, a bit later in the year. I'd have to rely on a few crashes to get that done, but I'll tell you what, I'll try my best. 
Well, <laughs> um, Caden picked up the uh, Queensland title a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I'm pretty. Oh, actually, answered in that. I only had it for a day. I think I turned about four hours. I'm pretty sure I come dead last because I couldn't get through the first corner. <laughs> uh, just running straight into a tire. But um, you know, Caden's good at it. But he's well, he's had it for a couple of years now, so he's had a fair fair head start on everyone. I think. Whereas a lot of blokes just going out and buying it now, trying to get up there. Well, Reed, we're great to see the uh, black and gold '76 back on the track, and we're glad that you're doing well as well. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Yeah, I, I still love that black and gold 76 read. It, it brings back a lot of memories for me, I can tell you. Yeah, I said, thanks we've for gone on a, a little bit. That's all right. No worries. We've gone a little bit away from black and gold, actually, but um, hopefully next time we go to the bridge of the car, I sort of want to go back to completely traditional, so fully black with the gold numbers, just like old school, pretty much. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. sort of a bit of white and a bit more yeah, white and I've blue. Gone, yeah, we've gone away from it pretty much. Well, that's, <laughs> mate, the thing is now, is, like, we're sort of fully self-funded so we can do what we want with the car we don't have to go with any uh, but you know it doesn't have any particular sponsors that we have to stick to their colours so we sort of you know, I think that next time we do the car it would definitely be fully black with the the gold numbers that's for sure mm. well yeah, just just make sure it's 76 <laughs> oh, that won't be changing don't you worry Inside Speedway is available on sportsradio.com.au iTunes Spotify and the dirttrackchannel.com. Well, another busy week here on Inside Speedway. Dennis, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Likewise, a very enjoyable show. And uh, Reed was great to talk to, wasn't he? A terrific fellow. Got a lot of time for Reed Mackay and, of course, the Mackay family. Mm. And uh, just a bit of a heads up if you're a fan of uh, the World Speedway. Uh, well, the World Speedway Cup, the World Speedway Individual Championship. We are going to be speaking next week with Cameron Keller, who is the communication and PR manager of motorsport at IMG overseas in England. And we will be talking to him about when we, uh, what can we expect from this year's Speedway Grand Prix season. So that's uh, something if you're a, a solo fan, you'll definitely not want to miss. And that'll be uh, very good to hear his thoughts on a number of questions uh, that we'll be throwing at him and uh, pertaining to the Speedway Grand Prix and its future. And even on the subject of expansion as well, which I know has been mooted for quite some time. Mm. Well, that's it for another week, Dennis. Thanks for joining me. Thanks very much, Craig. Tune in next week for more on Inside Speedway. Inside Speedway is produced by Thunder Media. Any reproduction, accounts, or descriptions of the program without written permission from Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now.